I'm excited to share God's Word with you today. I hope you're excited to receive it today. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, this morning, we're going to look at the first eight verses of this passage of Scripture. And before we even get into dissecting this passage of Scripture this morning, let me say this. This passage of Scripture is a great example, as there are many, of the, uh, just the supernatural nature of the Bible. That this is not just a book written by men. This is a book written by God. This is God speaking to us today. Because the message from this passage is so relevant, so timely, so applicable to where you and I even are today, even though it was written 2,000 years ago to a whole different group of believers. That's one. Secondly, this passage of Scripture is also a biblical indictment against the health and wealth and sort of prosperity message that is preached and taught in so many churches around our country and even over the world today. Uh, that teaches people that if you just give your life to God and, and you just have enough faith and all of that, that you'll never be sick and you'll never suffer and you'll never go through trials. This passage of Scripture really is an indictment against that. And then this passage of Scripture also reminds us of this, that it really does matter what kind of a church, a local church, you and I are part of. In fact, it eternally matters what kind of local church we are a part of. Because this passage is going to remind us that, you know, it, you can be a part of a church that focuses on entertaining its people, on making the Word of God uh, something that is very superficial, making their services things that are, that are sort of fluff, and, and all of that and very shallow where they focus on the social uh, calendars of everyone in the church and try to keep everyone socially busy, but not really focus on teaching the Word of God to strengthen God's people, to focus on discipling God's people and God's people being discipled and mentored in all of this. This passage of Scripture really speaks to that as well. So today, as we get into this passage, I'm not going to dissect this, if you will, for the message sort of in, in the way it was written. I want to begin this morning actually in verse 4 of, of chapter 3, where Paul is again relating his heart to the Thessalonians. He says, in fact, when we were with you, we were telling you in advance. We were forewarning you. We were preparing you ahead of time that we would suffer affliction. And then he goes on to say in verse 4, and so it has happened. It's come to pass, as you well know. In other words, when the missionary team planted this church, one of the things that they did as they initially taught these people was to say, we want to prepare you that there are going to be hard times ahead. You are going to be under the thumb. You are going to be pressed hard upon, which is what the word affliction means. It means to almost be crushed as grapes. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through uh, trouble. You're going to go through affliction and suffering and the fire and all of that. Paul said, and you now are in it. And because of that, Paul was wondering, because remember, 
he and his team were sort of wrenched out of Thessalonica prematurely. They didn't want to be. And, and now they've, you know, they're physically at a distance from this local church in Thessalonica. And obviously, again, you see Paul's heart here. He's wondering, how are you doing? Are, are you, are you okay? Are you surviving? Are you thriving as a body of believers? Or are the afflictions that you are going through, are they getting the best of you? Are they rocking your world? So that's why in chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, When we could no longer bear it, we sent Timothy, our brother and fellow worker for God in the gospel of Christ, to you. We had to find out. And unlike today where, you know, you could just call up somebody or whatever, hey, how you doing? They literally had to let Timothy go from, from their team, and he was a very valuable member. In fact, the words of Paul here are like, we didn't really want to let him go, but we cared so much about finding out where you guys are that we let Timothy go for a time, and, and we sent him to you because we needed to find out firsthand, how are you all doing? So then you'll notice verse 5. So when I, again, I could bear it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. How are you doing? Are you still faithful to your initial convictions? Are you still trusting and believing and having confidence in God? How strong is your faith? Are these afflictions rocking your world? And then I want you to go back before we move on to the end of verse 3, where Paul says, you yourselves know, because we taught you this, that we are destined for this. What's he speaking about? Afflictions. Listen to me, brothers and sisters in Christ. Afflictions are not accidents. They are appointments by God. That's what the Bible teaches. See, the Bible teaches that if you and I follow Jesus Christ, we are destined. We are appointed by God to be afflicted. Because God says, it is only sometimes through going through affliction, through being pressed, through going through the fire, through going through trials and tribulation, all of that, that you grow stronger. That, that, you, that you mature in your faith. That you become greater and increase more than what you are now. And because God cares more about where we are spiritually than maybe how we're doing physically and materially, God allows affliction into our life. Again, please see that phrase in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. We are destined for this. It means to be appointed by God. Afflictions are not accidents. They are appointments by God. And Paul said, we forewarned you. We prepared you ahead of time when we were there that you would suffer. You'd go through the fire and now you're there. How are you doing? We couldn't bear we couldn't bear it, he said. It was, it, was, it was tearing us up inside not to know then how you were doing. And so we sent Timothy. And then he says this in verse 5. Part of what was playing on Paul and the other missionaries was this. 
He said, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter somehow tempted you and our toil had proven useless. Paul is setting something up here. He says, we as Christians have to realize that though the tempter, speaking of the devil, of Satan, our spiritual adversary, though he is certainly not God, he's not omniscient, he and the other demonic forces in this world certainly can observe uh, situations and circumstances just like we can observe situations and circumstances. So as they just even observe our life, they're going to know when we're going through affliction. They're going to know when we're suffering and going through trial and tribulation. And the devil and his minions don't ever play fair. They, they, they don't, you know, they don't wait until everything's good. No, in fact, many times what they will do is seek to, to uh, be opportunistic. They know when we're vulnerable. They know when we're under attack. They know when we're under pressure. And they're going to try to hit us at that point because they know. That many times when Christians do go through afflictions, it rocks our world, you see. And therefore, many times the tempter can get Christians even to begin to question God, turn against God, walk away from God, walk away from their brothers and sisters in Christ, go south spiritually to the point where they never really uh, are fruitful again. He can use affliction. And that's why it's so important that you and I make sure that the one thing we focus on throughout our lives is the health of our faith. That's why Paul says, I sent to find out how's your faith. Are we doing the things in our lives that we need to to make sure that our faith staying at a strong and healthy level? Because as Paul said, afflictions will come. It's not a matter of if they come, it's when they come. That's why James writes in James chapter 1 verse 3, My brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so let endurance have its perfect work so that you can be fully grown and fully mature in your faith. So Paul says, When we left you, We weren't sure how healthy and strong your faith was. And we know our enemy well enough. We know that our enemy knows you're vulnerable right now. You're going through it. And he's going to try to take advantage of it. And then the next thing Paul says is this. He says, and I I didn't want our toil to be proven useless. The word useless is a really important word. It means to have no lasting effect, value, or profit. So notice what Paul's saying. He's saying that as he measures his ministry in other Christians' lives, it's not a big deal for him if some Christian is sort of temporarily moved. Or, or temporarily, you know, they make a change of course or they go this direction or that. For Paul, it's all about making sure that, that as God works through him and others, that it has a lasting effect, that it has a permanent effect, if you will, in their lives. And can I say, as a pastor, I identify with Paul. I feel the same way. And I'm sure even as a Christian, you feel that way. That 
as you get involved in other people's lives, I would think our hope is that, that what God does through us to maybe touch other people's lives isn't something that's just temporary. It's something that lasts. It's something that is there for the long haul. Because at the end of the day, does it really matter if someone, say, temporarily makes some kind of reformation in their life and changes for a week, two weeks, a month, a couple months, and then reverts right back to their same old behavior? See, for Paul, that's not the goal. For Paul, the goal always was, I want to be used by God to bring about lasting fruit in your life. To bring about lasting effects in your life. And that's why Paul says, if I found out that you guys tanked as a church and as individual Christians when afflictions came, then I would feel like my ministry was fruitless. Because it's not about a temporary thing with Paul. In fact, Paul goes on to even emphasize this as we look now at the end before we go back a little ways to finish out this morning. Notice Paul then says in verse 6, But now Timothy came back to us from you. And oh my goodness, Paul says, what great news we got from Timothy. He's given us the good news of your faith and love and that you always think of us. You always remember us with affection, with a smile, in a good way. And long to see us. You yearn to see us just as we long to see you and spend time with you. And we talked about Last week, how for Paul, at the end of his life, when he stood before Jesus Christ, the only thing that mattered to him was relationships. Because Paul says, at the end of it all, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the only real purpose for God leaving us on this earth, instead of just zapping us to heaven when we get saved, was what kind of influence and impact positively and beneficially did we have on other people's lives. That's what chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, the verses we looked at last week, that's what they're all about. That's why Paul says, you're, you're going to be my glory and joy and crown when I stand before Jesus. It's you. It was all about you. And you can see that heart of Paul coming out here again for the Thessalonians in chapter 3. So then in verse 7, he says, so in all our distress... Notice Paul says, we're still going through it. In all our affliction, we were reassured about you. We were refreshed and cheered up is what the word means, brothers and sisters, through your faith. When we as fellow Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we found out in Athens how well you were doing when Timothy got back to us, it was like it didn't matter what we were going through. We cared more about how you were doing spiritually, how, how healthy you were spiritually. In fact, notice what he says in verse 8. For now we are alive again. The, the words mean we are blessed, we are thriving. It's as if Paul's saying, I have a new lease on life if you stand firm in the Lord. Wow. If we as Christians today had that much concern care, heart for other believers and how they were doing spiritually like Paul and his companions did 2,000 years ago, the church, the body of Christ would look so different. Because today, again, what do we hear from people, even Christians? 
their choosing of a local body to be a part of and and choosing a church and all of that and why they do it and how they navigate it. It's all about them. It's very rarely that you hear a Christian say, I'm here in this body because I know God's called me here to serve this person and this person and to be a blessing to them and to help them in their faith and and to encourage and refresh them. And it's never about me being part of this body. It's about what I can give to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul even says, even while we're still going through the fire, we are rejoicing because we hear how well you're doing. Wow. Wouldn't it be great if we all were that excited about how other Christians were thriving spiritually, no matter what was going on in our lives, that that's, that's what got us motivated to get up every day and, and to be the Christian God calls us to be and to be part of a body and to be committed to a body like Paul's calling us to be, that that's what it's about. It's not about us. It's about our brothers and sisters in Christ and helping them thrive spiritually. That's the heart of Paul. And that should be our heart too. And when Paul uses the phrase, stand firm in verse 8, The words in the Greek language literally mean to persist or persevere, which again brings us back to connect with that earlier thought about for Paul, it's all about having a lasting effect on people. He's saying, I want you to stand firm and we're glad you're standing firm, but you're standing firm now, but we will be blessed and thriving and have a new lease on life if you continue to stand firm. You got to persist. You got to persevere. It's not about the short term. It's about the long haul. And Paul wanted to make sure that believers were prepared for the long haul. Because afflictions are something that we are destined for. It's part of living life, even as a Christian, on a fallen earth. An earth even, physically, that is groaning until it is redeemed by God. We are sinners and we're living in the midst of a world of sinners. And even today, we're living in the midst of a world that primarily has even turned its back on God and completely disregarded Him. Yes, we do pay a price, even as Christians, for living on a fallen world. Just because one gives their heart to Christ doesn't mean everything's going to go well. That is a false teaching. And though people who teach that can fill up auditoriums today with thousands of people, that's not biblical. I'd be like, I'd rather be like Paul. I'd rather tell you, you're going you're gonna to face affliction. Are you prepared for it? Are you going to get through it? Is your faith healthy enough and strong enough to survive the afflictions that will come in your life? That's why, then, I want to direct your attention as we sort of begin to wrap up our thoughts this morning with verse 2 of chapter 3, where Paul said, we sent Timothy. By the way, I think this is a really cool thing to encourage all of us. One person, one person can make a huge difference. Notice it was Timothy by himself that went back to that church. And Timothy, remember, was still a young man, so that should even encourage young people. God can use you no matter what your age. Timothy was probably in his early 20s at this point. That's why Paul told Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. You set an example. 
even though you are young. And then you think about the fact, too, that I think this teaches us that if you and I couldn't go to do something, who would we feel comfortable and confident sending in our place? Who would be that person we, like Paul did, would choose Timothy to say, I can't go, but if I had to send somebody to do this, that's who I'm going to pick. That's who I'm going to choose. That's a commendation on Timothy. We sent Timothy, our brother and fellow worker for God in the gospel of Christ, notice, to strengthen you and encourage you about your faith. Very important word, the word strengthen. It means to make firm, to secure, to solidly plant, to stabilize, to thoroughly ground somebody. That's what the word means. See, Paul's giving us really important stuff here. He's saying, here's the problem. When Christians aren't strengthened enough, when they're not made secure enough in their faith, when they're not solidly planted enough, when they're not thoroughly grounded enough, and then affliction comes into their life, Oh my, the tempter will be right there opportunistically trying to tempt them and lure them away from God because the tempter knows afflictions will rock our world as Christians if we're not thoroughly grounded. And that's why, again, this passage is an indictment against churches that focus on entertaining its people rather than strengthening their people. On making church more about filling up our social calendars rather than building people up spiritually. When the Word of God is not front and center and Christians are not being strengthened, then there's no way we're going to be able to handle affliction when it comes. That's why I consider my primary calling as the pastor of this church to strengthen you. That I hope you feel like, at least if you avail yourself of our ministry, that this is a place where I can, through the Word of God, be strengthened through relationships with brothers and sisters, through the worship of my God, through all the things that we supply, that we are focused on not pampering you and not entertaining you, but this is a church where you can be strengthened. Because that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Because I know afflictions are going to come. We're destined for it. Am I going to be ready when they come? When they come? That keep your finger in 1 Thessalonians and go back just a couple pages to the book of Colossians, to Colossians chapter 2, the book right before 1 Thessalonians. And look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. He basically is saying the same thing to the church at Colossae. He says, Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Notice the next word in verse 7. Rooted. How deep are your roots? It means to be thoroughly grounded, to be so stable. And then he says, built up in him. That speaks about growth and progress. Now notice something though. The growth and progress really can't happen until I'm solidly planted and thoroughly grounded. That has to come first. And then he goes on to say, and firm in your faith, just as you were taught. 
Is your faith firm? This is such a necessity today. Again, because of the days in which we live. If you go back then to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, notice again what Paul continues. He says, We sent Timothy, our brother and fellow worker for God in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen you and encourage you about your faith so that no one would be shaken by these afflictions. We have a choice. We can either, verse 8, stand firm in the Lord... Or we can be shaken by these afflictions. And it's going to be one or the other. Either as a Christian, I'm going to be shaking because I've not been thoroughly grounded in my faith and these afflictions that will come into my life are shaking me up. Or I will stand firm in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, where are we today? The word shaken means to be agitated, distressed, troubled, literally moved. And what Paul and the Bible is telling us as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not to be shaken. We are not to be moved, agitated, troubled, distressed by anything around us. We are to be steady. We are to be unshakable. We are to be immovable. That's what we are to be in Jesus Christ. And yet what I hear from Christians is that the events around the world are shaking them. That the rise of terrorism is shaking them. That even our political climate in our own country is shaking them. That the circumstances and afflictions that are coming into their own life are shaking them. And brothers and sisters, hear me today. God is saying, if you are my people, you don't need to be shaken. You just need to stand firm in the Lord. Are you steady today? Immovable? Unshakable? Last I looked... God's word said that the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. Last I saw, God is still on his throne. He's still reigning. Last I saw and in the word, he still sustains and holds everything together by the word of his power. Last I looked... The Bible says, no weapon formed against us, his servants, will succeed. The last I looked, it said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The last I looked, it said, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. Folks. We've got to stop being shaken. We've got to stand firm in the Lord. Too many Christians, they're paying the price in their own lives for not focusing on their faith being in a healthy, strong place. 
And all of a sudden, when world events and things around the world and in our own country and in their own lives begin to happen, this is what they do. They lose sleep. It affects their gastrointestinal. They fret. They worry. I was, I was actually... I guess the word would be even embarrassed as a Christian the other day. I was standing in line at a post office. And there was this gal in line who, I think, unfortunately basically proclaimed that she was a Christian, but yet went on to say while she was in line with all these people with an earshot, how she's afraid of this and how this has got her all upset and, and she's fearful of this. I went, oh my goodness, how sad. If you truly are a child of God, you're shaking. You're allowing all this news and all these things that are happening in the world just to agitate you and trouble you and distress you. You are being shaken by these afflictions. God is calling us to stand firm in the Lord. And I hope today that you and I will see the importance of making sure that our faith gets stronger and stronger. And that we will make that the priority of our lives. What is it going to take to strengthen our faith? What's it going to take for me to have a healthy faith? Because afflictions are going to come. We are destined for this. Again, let me say this again. Afflictions are not accidents. They are appointments by God. And God's purpose for allowing afflictions in our life is never for something detrimental. It is always to grow us and to stretch our faith and to make us stronger. But our enemy, he will seek to use those times and seasons of affliction for just the opposite purpose. He as the tempter will come in and test us and see... Is our faith going to hold up? Are we going to continue to trust and believe and have confidence in God in that moment? And are we going to remain firm in the Lord? Are we going to allow our circumstances and world events and news and all of this to shake us? There's only two choices, my friend, according to the Word of God. We will either stand firm in the Lord, chapter 3, verse 8, or we will be moved by these afflictions. Chapter 3 and verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians. Let's declare today that we are going to be a group of Christians. We're going to choose to stand firm in the Lord. Worship team, would you come this morning? This last song that we're going to sing to me is just a song that just should be a declaration of us as Christians that that's exactly what we're going to do. If we're going to make a stand, we're going to stand in Christ. And if we truly believe 
That Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's still in control. He's still ruling. He's still reigning. Then let's stand firm in Him. If you've ever sung it out, brothers and sisters, let's stand this morning, will you? And let's sing this out this morning as a declaration of our faith to our God, that God, we will no longer be shaken by our afflictions. We will stand firm in you.